Our scripture reading this morning comes from the gospel according to John, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. I think you all know these verses well, but before we read them, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray together. Mighty God, the shepherds of old were full of your praises, saying that all they had seen and experienced was mirrored by what they had been told. Move among us now with your Holy Spirit that we too might not only hear, but also experience the wonder and joy of the living word as we seek to welcome the written word into our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. Hear the word of the Lord. It is written. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Now to him who loves us, who has freed us from our sins by his blood, to Jesus Christ be all glory and dominion, forever and ever. Amen. There was much talk this year prior to Christmas of potential issues in buying Christmas gifts. We were told that supply chain issues would create some, would cause some items to be unavailable because they were sitting in uh, boxes on boats off the coast waiting to be unloaded. And so perhaps you rushed out and did all of your Christmas shopping early this year. Uh, My family was in the middle of a move, so we actually did shopping later than we usually do. And I did notice that some of the toys went faster this year than in previous years. But despite all the supply chain issues, I hope that you were able to find those perfect gifts for the loved ones that were on your list. If you didn't, well, you've got a good excuse. But all the hype did cause me to reflect on the one gift that all of us were unable to buy. And it wasn't because it was sitting offshore. It wasn't that it wasn't able to be produced because of supply chain issues caused by COVID or mismanagement and incompetence at the highest levels of government. Actually, it wasn't that it was unavailable. We were unable to buy it because it wasn't for sale, as though any of us could afford it if it were for sale. And I think all of you know what I'm talking about. It's the gift that has caused gift giving to be inseparably linked to our celebration of Christmas. The greatest gift this Christmas was the same as it has always been the gift that God has given us in his son Jesus Christ as we continue to celebrate Christmas this morning I thought it would do us well to pause and meditate for a few moments on the nature of this gift that has been given this is the gift that the prophet Isaiah had foretold some 700 years before the coming of Jesus Christ For to us, a child is born. 
To us, a son is given, gifted. John's gospel proclaims that this prophecy has been fulfilled, that this son has indeed been given in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And although John's gospel doesn't have a nativity story like Matthew and Luke's gospels, John's gospel does tell us much about the gift that God has given to us in ways that are not seen in the other gospels. And here, particularly in these verses in chapter 3, they tell us much about this gift and much about the God who gives us this gift. So let's spend a few moments with these verses drawing out what they are saying to us. And the first thing we want to note about the nature of this gift is that this gift is precious. This gift is precious. If we're honest, not every gift that we give or every gift that we receive is precious to us. You know, sometimes we give gifts that mean very little to us. We have something laying around the house that we're not using any longer, so we give it away. And it doesn't mean that someone wasn't appreciative to receive what we had to give or that we weren't happy to give it, but we wouldn't consider it to be precious. For example, I'm sure that none of you have ever received a gift for Christmas that you really didn't want, so you re-gifted it. If you were to do this, hypothetically speaking, it would be because the gift wasn't precious to you. Now, if your husband gave you a pair pair of diamond earrings, you probably wouldn't re-gift those. They would be precious to you. They would be precious because of their value, and they would be precious because of who the giver was. The same is true of the gift that we have received in Jesus Christ. God gave us this gift. And this gift is his very own beloved son. This gift is precious because of who gave us this gift and because of what or rather who this gift is. God gave us something that was precious to him. Incredibly personal and precious to him. And God didn't give us this gift reluctantly. God is not the great Scrooge in the sky. God was pleased to give us his son. He was delighted to give this most precious gift. And the son is not at odds with his father. The son was pleased to submit himself to his father's will. He was pleased that his work is for God's glory and for our good. So with great joy, he humbled himself and came to dwell among us. And Jesus knew very well that his purpose was not only to live among us and for us, but his purpose was also to suffer and die for us. His purpose ultimately was to hang on a cross for our salvation. And God's word tells us that the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for us is precious. The apostle Peter reminds us that we were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from our forefathers. Not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. 
like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. And why wouldn't it be precious? It is the blood of God's own son who was slain for us. It is precious by nature of being of God. It is precious because of its great cost, being infinitely more valuable than gold or silver. It is precious because of what it accomplishes, salvation. So God gave us his beloved, precious son in order that his son might come and die for us. And this means that God's gift to us is also precious because God didn't give us something little. It wasn't something insignificant. He sent his very own son who gave his very own life. It's a lavish gift. You know, some gifts that we give are not lavish. It doesn't mean that they aren't thoughtful or heartfelt. A gift doesn't have to be costly or extravagant to be meaningful. Some gifts are simple and inexpensive. Sometimes we just feel compelled to give someone a little happy. It's a way for us to tell someone that we're thinking about them. But occasionally, we do give lavish gifts, gifts that might be considered way over the top, gifts that when they are received, it takes the breath right out of the one who receives it. It leaves them at a loss for words. This is what the Apostle Paul says about this gift that we have received in Jesus Christ. Paul calls this gift indescribable. The lavishness and significance of the gift that God has given to us in Jesus Christ exceeds our every attempt to portray its greatness. And that is because this gift that we have received from God is more than we could ever ask or imagine. The Apostle Paul tells us that the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So God gave us his only son to us, not only to communicate himself to us, that we might get a glimpse of his glory, know his will for us. He gave his only son not only to provide an atonement for our sins. It goes beyond these things. Not that these things are insignificant in and of themselves. But Jesus Christ was given that we might also receive eternal life. Eternal life lived in the joy and peace and righteousness of his kingdom. It's an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. This is exactly what John has told us. God gave us his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Dearly beloved, this is indeed a precious gift that has been given to us. It's not only precious, though, it's also completely unmerited. I will confess that there are times when I have given my children gifts in response to something that they have done or accomplished. It wasn't that I had to get them something, but I was proud of them for working hard at school or pushing through some physical 
difficulty or completing some big task. We do this with our children, right? But God didn't do this with us because there wasn't anything good in us that warranted this gift. It wasn't because we in some way or another were worthy of it. God didn't give this gift to us because we made the spiritual honor roll or because we had gotten the clean hands and heart award. In fact, it is quite the opposite. God's word tells us that we were enemies of God when Jesus Christ was given to us. In fact, the payment for the penalty of our sin before God was utterly insurmountable. There is no way we could ever make atonement for our sins. We could never pay it off, not in a million lifetimes. We could never do enough work to be released from our debt to God. And God doesn't owe us anything. This means that the gift that God has given to us is not only precious and unmerited, it is also a priceless gift. It isn't for sale because we could never afford it. God is the only one who could pay so great a cost as necessary in the atonement. It required the life of his son. And there's a reason why he has done this. John tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave. It wasn't just out of pity for us. It wasn't as if he looked at us and thought, well, look at all those helpless, hopeless fools. I can't stand seeing them wallowing around in their own filth and incompetence any longer. I guess I will do something about it. That's not it. It was because God looked upon us with love. Despite our sin, despite our rebellion, he loved us. God gave us this precious and priceless gift of his beloved son completely out of his sovereign and self-giving love. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages we might, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God was pleased to bring glory to himself by loving us in a way that we have been delivered from our sins and granted eternal life. It was out of love that God gave us so precious a gift. And this is a love that is difficult for us to fully fathom, a love that is so selfless, so sacrificial, a love that is patient and kind and forgiving. This is why we sing amazing love. How could it be that thou, my God, shouldest die for me? But God gave us his son because he wanted us to know the extent of his love toward us and to experience it. He wanted us to be reconciled to him that we might be loved eternally as his beloved children in his everlasting kingdom. 
He wanted us to have life abundantly. He wanted us to experience his joy and peace. So this gift is precious. It's lavish. It's unmerited. It's priceless. It's given entirely out of love. And God has given it to you. It's yours for the taking. But you will never know its beauty or enjoy its goodness unless you receive it by faith. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You couldn't buy the greatest gift of all this Christmas, but it has been freely and widely offered. And it is for any and all to have by faith. I urge you then, don't put this gift on the shelf unopened. Don't neglect to receive so great a gift as we have received in Jesus Christ. And if you have opened wide this gift and have enjoyed its goodness, let me encourage you in this way. Even if this gift isn't yours to buy, it is yours to share. Share it freely. Share it generously. You don't have to worry. It is not a gift that will diminish or be spread thin by broadly giving it away. This is a gift that will not run out by being freely given, but will return to you tenfold and only increase the more you share it. So dearly beloved, go and shout it from the mountains that Jesus is Lord. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, you are the great and glorious giver of every good gift. And we thank you for the inestimable gift of your Son given for us, that we might know you, that we might be delivered from the kingdom of darkness and brought into your marvelous light, that we might experience life abundantly. Impress upon us the greatness of this, your gift, that we might be unable to resist joyfully receiving it by faith. For it is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. In response to the gospel of Jesus Christ, let us now stand and affirm what we believe using the Nicene Creed. Christian, in whom do you believe?